listening to John Newton, the man who wrote Amazing Grace. And he talked about how helpless we are to keep ourselves in the faith and how we are kept by the power of God. And he gave some wonderful scriptures that really blessed me. I want to share with you today some of what he said and what uh, the Lord has shown me over the years about how to live a life of power, how really to live a life surrendered to the Lord, a life of power in the Christian life. Because we really have no power on our own. We're not able to keep ourselves. It was Jesus who saved us. It's Jesus who keeps us to the end. He's able to keep us from falling and to present us before his throne blameless with joy, the Bible says. And you know, I'm thinking more and more about heaven, about finishing well, finishing strong, finishing stronger than I began. And I want you to finish strong. Really, I do. I want you to live your life to the full. To live your life by the power of God. To have that beautiful peace that God gives through Jesus. That wonderful joy of the Holy Spirit. Because the kingdom of God is not in meats and drinks, but in the mighty power of the Holy Ghost that gives us righteousness, peace, enjoy and that's what God has called us to so I'm praying you'll share this teaching with a lot of people who need it and I know you'll be blessed the wonderful Lord I come to you today and I thank you for your word and I pray you'll bless your people today in a wonderful way in Jesus sweet dear name Amen Jeremiah 32 what a beautiful verse 40. And this is what John Newton was just sharing that I heard. A mighty man of God that, I, like I said, wrote the song we all know, Amazing Grace. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to do them good. But I will put my fear in their hearts that they shall not depart from me. Oh, how I want that. But I will put my fear in their hearts that they shall not, they shall not depart from me. Today we hear about a lot of people who are walking away from the faith. Why? Because, well, they have not allowed the Lord to live his life through them. He gave another scripture that I want to share. And that is in Psalm 119. I have this beautiful worship playing, of course, because, you know, sometimes I just enjoy and love when I teach the word with worship playing behind me. 
Hold thou me up. Psalm 119 verse 117. Hold thou me up and I shall be safe. Lord, if you hold me up, I'll be safe. I pray a prayer so much now, almost, almost every time I pray, I pray this prayer. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. How my heart yearns for that. Create in me a clean heart, Lord, because I can't do it on my own. Renew a right spirit and a right mind within me because I can't do it on my own. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me, Lord, the joy of your salvation. And uphold me. Hold me up with a willing heart. Because I don't have one. Hold me up with a willing heart. So shall I teach transgressors your ways. And sinners will be converted to you. You know, you, you see in that prayer how surrendered David was. And how he understood that that is the key to power. A life of total surrender, total dependence on the Lord. Just like I read these amazing scriptures that John Newton was just sharing, hold thou me up, I can't hold myself up, and I shall be safe, Lord. In Jeremiah, he said, I will put my fear in you, that you'll not depart from me. I'll put my fear in you, that you'll not walk away from me. In 1 Kings chapter 20, you know, sometimes when we, we read the word, I think we don't realize the amazing power of uh, what we read in the word. These words were spoken by a very wicked king named Ahab. And in verse 1 of 1 Kings 20, it says, And Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his hosts together, and there were thirty and two kings with him, horses, chariots. And he went up and besieged Samaria and warred against it. And he sent messengers to Ahab, king of Israel, who was a wicked king, and said to him, Thus says Ben-Hadad, he was the king of Syria, Your silver, your gold is mine, your wives are mine, your children are mine, even the goodliest are mine. Watch this. And the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, according to thy saying, I am thine and all I have. Now, wait a minute. Ahab says to Ben-Hadad, both wicked kings, he says, I am yours and all I have. I am yours and all I have. If wicked king Ahab can say such a thing to his enemy, how much more should we say this to our Heavenly Father, to our wonderful Lord Jesus, our precious Lord? So the Christian life is a life that says, I am thine, and all that I have is yours. I am yours, Lord, and all I have is yours. So it's a life of total surrender. 
Because if it's not a life of total, not partial, of total surrender, it cannot be a Christian life. Because our true Christian life, the life of true power, is a totally surrendered life. Not a partially surrendered life. And partially means when people surrender and then they take it back. They want to live for the Lord one day and for themselves the next day. Well, it's not going to work. Because, you see, the Lord said to us in Matthew 16, something very, very important. And in verse 24, it says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Whoever will save his life will lose it. Whoever will lose his life for me, meaning, and for my sake, Jesus says, will find it. So, if we want incredible glory, incredible power in our life, untold blessings, well, these things are, uh, are, are ours. But how do we surrender? I know that's the question in your heart, like, how do I do it? And I remember a man of God asked me that question years ago. He said, how do I surrender? I said, that's one thing I cannot teach. Only the Holy Spirit can show you. But I can tell you what the Bible says about it. Because God works that surrender in you. God works it in you. And I'm going to go with you today, like I said to that man of God. I'm going to go as far as the Bible allows me. As far as the Bible tells me on what it means to live a life of power. So in 1 Corinthians 3, uh, sorry, 2 verse 9, it says, I had not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered the hearts of men, the things which God has, has prepared for them that, that love him. I mean, what an amazing promise. And this here is promised to the surrendered. You know, we some people say that, you know, I hadn't seen, ear hasn't heard. And they really maybe don't understand what what belongs to them. So Ephesians 3.20 says that you may be able to, to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and the height of what God offers us. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all his fullness in verse 19 of Ephesians 3. Wow. And then verse 20. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So in verse 18 he says that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth and height of what God has offered us. In verse 19, to know the love of Christ that passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with his fullness. And now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. But that power that works in us is the power of surrender, where God enables us to surrender to him. So the Lord knows that many of us have tried. 
And many of us have failed miserably in this area. And we've condemned ourselves because we could not find that secret. How do I surrender? How do I receive the power of God on a daily basis in my life? How do I have that peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, that righteousness in the Holy Spirit on a daily basis? So, now listen to this. God is not asking you and I to surrender on our own strength. None of us can surrender on our own strength. This is very important. None of us can surrender by the power of our will. Because we cannot do it with self-will or self-effort or self-confidence. Because Paul the Apostle said something very, very powerful about this. In Romans 7, 18, he says, For to will is present with me, but how to perform, I don't find it. So, God Almighty knows we cannot do it by our will, by our strength, by our effort, by our own confidence. Because we see from the Word that Paul said, For me, to will is present. I mean, I have the will, but I just cannot find it. I, I don't know how to really do it. For I know that in me, Romans 7, 18, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. So Paul here um, says very, very clearly that he failed in his own will. In fact, if you read verse 24 of that same chapter, he says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Because in our flesh dwells no good, good thing. We can do it on our own. Now, when we re uh, recognize that, when we realize, Lord, I can't do it on my own. I have no will for it that I thought I did. I'm not able to surrender. I think that's when our deliverance begins. Because we've discovered, we've come to the point where we've discovered only the Holy Spirit can do that work in us. You know, I'm listening to the song, I need the every hour. Boy, how true that is. Because we cannot on our own do it. So, God Almighty, in Romans 8, 13, you know, I think he's just waiting for us to come to that place to say, Lord, I tried. I can't. I failed in my surrender. Because it's not something we do in the flesh. So in Romans 8, 13, he says, if you live after the flesh, you'll die. So I can't do it in the flesh. I can do nothing in the flesh. I, can even, I cannot even pray in the flesh. That's why it says, wait upon the Lord. So he'll quicken you to pray properly. 
because otherwise all prayer is, is repetition of words and not more than that. But when we wait on the Lord and he quickens us, and then the Holy Spirit prays through us, that's real prayer. So if you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if, if, if through the Spirit you put the flesh and the deeds of the flesh to death, mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. So now let's understand something. Uh, there are two spirits in this world. There's the Spirit of the Lord and the world. So self, the flesh, belongs to the spirit of the world. And that is really our greatest enemy. So the Lord asks us to crucify that part of our life. Crucify itself, crucify the flesh. How? Well, when we surrender to him, it's possible then to crucify that flesh. Now, maybe, maybe you don't even have the desire to surrender. Maybe you just don't have the will even to surrender. Look, I'm talking to you about how to live the Christian life with power, how to have the power of God in your life truly. I'm not talking about the anointing for miracles and signs and wonders. I'm talking about the power of God that you can live the, the Christian life and make it to heaven with joy that you will finish stronger than you started. The Bible tells us that God will give us the desire and give us the will if we let him. If we let him. So if, if the Lord gives me the desire to surrender, and it's not me anymore, well, that's a great beginning for me. But we, we come first to that place where we say, I can't do it. Like Paul says, I've tried, I don't have it, or wretched man that I am. But now we come to this beautiful place in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. And he came to that conclusion. He said, it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Wow. So if it's the Lord who puts that will in me, rather than me trying it on my own, then this is what it all starts. There was a certain man uh, in the Bible who brought his son to the Lord and wanted a miracle. And he could not fully believe. He didn't just have it. And the Lord said, if you will believe, nothing is impossible. And the man cried, help thou my unbelief. Lord, I want to believe. Lord, I just don't have it. Help me to believe. Well, it's the same thing. When God puts that desire in you, it's because you say, Lord, I want to surrender. Help me surrender. Help me do it, Lord. Put it in me. I, I, I want you so, so much to put that surrender in me, Lord, to give me the desire for it because I don't, I don't have it. Because to will is present, like Paul said. 
But how to perform, it isn't there. Because only God can work that in us. Um, like I've said, you, you just want the, uh, the assurance that it's going to happen, that you're going to succeed. God will work that surrender in you. Just like Jesus gave that man the faith to believe when he said, help my unbelief. He'll go as far with you as you will allow him. A mighty man of God years ago, Reese Howells was his name in England. And he was a great intercessor. And the Lord said, uh, Reese, are you willing to become like me? Are you willing that I should change your life to become like me? And the Lord waited for the answer. And Reese Howell searched his own heart. It's in one of his books, by the way. He searched his own heart and he said, Lord, I'm not sure. He said, do you want me to give you the will to become like me? And he thought and then said, Lord, I'm still not sure. Do you want me to give you the will to will to be like me? And it amazed him. Do you want me to give you the will to will? I think the Lord would have gone as far as to say, do you want me to give you the will to will, to will, to will, to will? If we just say yes, Lord. Because it's a high price, you know. But oh, the joy. Oh, the beauty. Oh, the glory of it. Uh, Peter begins his Christian life with uh, great confidence. He's honest, uh, he means well, he's determined to be a great Christian. This is Peter the Apostle. But along the way he discovers the Christian life is impossible. The Christian life is impossible without the Holy Spirit, it's impossible. So when Jesus called Peter, it says he left his father he left his business. He followed the Lord completely. He even obeyed the Lord to walk on water. We all remember that. He was even used by the Holy Spirit to receive the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. But he was lacking in one area. And that's why he denied the Lord later. I mean, here's a, here's a man who was honest and he meant well and he felt he meant what he said. and He was determined to be the best apostle and the best Christian. And now he's, he left his father and his business with his brother Andrew and followed the Lord and he was the one to say, you're the Christ, the Son of God. 
But when it came right to it, at that last moment, he failed. He denied that he ever knew Jesus. But how precious the Lord is that he did not punish him for that or rebuke him for that. After Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't say, you bad man, you for denying me. No, he said, do you love me? Oh, dear God, do you love me? Three times he said, do you love me? And it broke Peter's heart to see that the Lord didn't rebuke him. Didn't punish him for denying him. But he won him by his love. And now Peter becomes the man who preached the greatest message on the day of Pentecost. Peter becomes the man that God used to open the door that the gospel would go to the Gentiles through Cornelius. Wow. And history tells us that he refused to be crucified right shut up. He said, I don't want to be crucified like my, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Savior. And they crucified him upside down in Rome. What an amazing way to enter heaven with such victory, such joy. Wow. I'm going to pray with you that God will give you that amazing desire. Even though we have it, but it's not really the desire God wants because it's, 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 all the, it's the flesh, you know. It's like, it's like Peter who said, well, Lord, I'm, you know, I'm going to die for you. That was his, his desire. But could he fulfill it? No. I'll go to the cross. I'll never deny you. But he did. Because in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. I will say I'll do it, but will I really accomplish it? Because we're not consistent. The flesh, the, the old man, is not consistent. We say what is right, but this flesh fights us. This world fights us. Our surroundings fight us. But there is a secret. Oh, and it's so wonderful when you find it. Because I know that's what you want. I want that more than my, my, my life. I want that more than anything. More than anything. To live a life that is completely yielded and surrendered to the Lord daily. To live John 15. Abide in me, and my word abide in you. Abide in me. And if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Hallelujah. Let's pray, Father. I thank you for what you're going to do in our life. I thank you, Lord, for the mighty working power of the Holy Spirit that will accomplish that surrender in us. And on that day, we will stand victorious. Your word says, for unto him now, who is able to keep us from falling, and to present us blameless with joy to the only wise God, be glory forever.
Amen. Thank you for your blessed anointing right now. Meet every need, answer every prayer. Heal that sickness in that body. Bring your joy and life even now. In Jesus' name, and bless them. And Lord, I pray you'll meet every financial need too. Lord, I pray that you'll touch the heart of that person who is worried about their finances, their future, their family, and their future. Give them that peace, all is well. All is well, Lord, that Shunammite woman said, all is well. Even when her son had died, she said, all is well. And you raised that boy from the dead. And Lord, I declare now blessings and prosperity on your people who obey you right now. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Oh, this has been such a blessing. Well, it's time to give to the Lord's work. It's time to say, Lord, I love you with all my heart, with our offering, with our gift. And no matter what you're facing today in your life financially, it may be a very difficult season for you, maybe a difficult day, maybe a difficult week. But you can break that difficulty with obedience. You can bring yourself out of that difficulty by taking a step of faith and sowing a seed for the work of the Lord. For doing what God told us to do in his word. When he said, give, that's a command from heaven. And when you give, it shall be given unto you in measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give to your bosom. And with the same measure you give, it will be measured to you. His word cannot fail. God's promises cannot be broken. So I stand with you today that the greatest days for you begin in this season. Just lift your hands and say, Lord, I'll receive it. Lord, we all receive it. The greatest season in our life begins now, Lord. The greatest future begins now, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for prosperity, that every need will be met. We'll have more than enough even to live in an inheritance to our children and grandchildren. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. Well, you know what to do. When you sow seed, God takes that seed, he blesses that seed, he multiplies it and gives it back to you. All right, you can give right now on the platform you're watching me on, or simply you can text, or you can simply go to our website, benhin.org. And if you text, just simply BHM, you just simply dial BHM, 45777. Or just give on the platform you're watching me on. Much love. Bye-bye.